Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are recording a video here for you guys about Friday night's playoff slate. Got a couple games to look at here in this one. The Kings and Warriors continue on, uh, as well as another fun series that will continue on for us here uh, with the Lakers and the Grizzlies back in L.A. This is our best bet video. We also have a video with some player props in it for you guys. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out what we're bringing you each and every day of these playoffs as we continue on. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can get all of our great written content up there about the games we are putting the picks on the site right now and also have our odds finder tool up there that you can use to make sure that you're shopping those lines, getting the best odds available to you across all these U.S. sports books. Uh, we are thinking that we did pretty well in that Hawks Celtics game that is on Thursday night. We'll be taking a look at that with you guys get back to you on the record in that one. So for now, we're just going to move on to our first pick uh, best bet from you, Nate, for Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I think we expect the Warriors to close out at home. Uh, admirable effort by Darren Fox playing through the injury, but with him hurt, uh, I don't think the Kings are going to be able to hang here. And I'm not going to play the game of how much will the Warriors score and go over or under there. I'm going to go under on the Kings total, 113.5. Nice odds there, minus 105, because they are the most prolific offense in the regular season. They, they can score in bunches, and they have scored... For the most part, um, I mean, but three of the five games have been at home in this series. And and one game, they scored just 97 at Golden State with Draymond on the bench. Uh, and, and really what I'm looking at is aside from Fox, their three-point shooting has just been awful. And he's supposed to, he spreads it out. He gets it to the three-point shooters. And if they were hitting, you would think like, okay, well, the Kings will still be able to do their thing even if Fox isn't very efficient. And by the way, he was not efficient. It, I mean, again, an admirable effort, but nine for 25 in game five there at home. And eventually, like Josh said, he, he basically had to hand the ball to Malik Monk and say, uh, you know, finish this off in crunch time, which is a huge concern for the Kings who were, were known as the most clutch team and in, in with the most clutch player in De'Aaron Fox. Without him, they scored 13 points per game fewer this year. They scored about 108 and a half. Um, and Fox has just been a on absolute master uh, mind on on the road. One twenty five offensive rating since the All Star break. Like I said, the three point shooting is awful as a team. Uh, what they're at thirty percent in the two games at Chase. They went zero for nine at home in this last game and went ten for thirty four. Um, Herder shooting twenty percent in his last four from deep. Harrison Barnes shooting twenty percent as well. Both have rough offensive splits. And you can't even necessarily say like the lean on DeMontis Sabonis, who's just getting big boyed by Kevon Looney at all times. And that's not even when they switch Draymond onto him. He's averaging, you know, just over barely any more assists than turnovers in the series. And his two games at Chase, he averages 14 and a half game a game and was a minus 29 in those two. So I just have a hard time believing the Kings offense is going to be great against a dubs team where if you include, if you just look at last year in their playoff run at home, they allowed 103 a game. They played at a 96 pace. I know with the Kings, you're going to play a little faster because that's how they want to play. And the first few games were like that, but this is a, this is a clinching game, right? This is the playoff dubs, the, the, the experience. This is Draymond's 78th home playoff game with this team uh, and I think he's going to be experienced enough to keep their defense coordinated and keep the Kings under this total. 
Yeah, um, I tried to pick a, an under in this series. I did it twice. It worked in game three. It did not work in game four when they came home. Uh, it didn't really work in game five either. But if you want to look specifically at uh, at the Kings, I mean, what we saw in, in game five was a really, really good offense with De'Aaron Fox having his hand full of Toradol or whatever sort of numb numbing agent that they used to get him to not feel the fact that his index finger was broke. And it was still wildly impressive to be able to hit three threes without touching the rim coming out with a numb finger. Like if you can't feel your index finger, it's still a pretty big detriment to your shooting. Uh, and the fact that he did that was probably all just like blood and guts that he was bringing to the table, which he has a lot of. And, and I, and I love D Fox, but it is the reason that I, I didn't want to fade him in that game, but I did want to root for Malik Monk was that very reason. And Malik Monk is a very solid scorer is really aggressive going to the rim and a really solid athlete, really good shooter, like aw- awesome offensive player. But like, isn't the engine for this offense that De'Aaron Fox is outside of just being a shooter as good as as Malik Monk is going to the rim? He's not De'Aaron Fox, who's six foot five, bigger than damn near everybody that tries to guard him at his position or even other two guards. Um, and, and so it's he's a matchup problem. But if he can't shoot, we talked about it before. That is the the crux that that would that's really been the difference between. An offense last year that was good when he when he got Sabonis on his team and and, and was solid, and an offense that's out of control, awesome and, and historically amazing this year because of the fact that he could just increase his shooting percentages that much. And if he's if he's not a threat to do that, and his fingers just hurting even too much to to get into the lane, we did not see him go all the way to the rack very often. There was a couple plays in the third quarter that were awesome, but really for the most part, he was not trying to get, have his hand have the opportunity to get hit. So with all of that in mind, like I, I do agree that it's it, at, at minus one Oh five, it's good odds for them to not get that high. It's it's just always going to be a risk. You know, when you're, when you're playing a, a, a team like the, when you are the Kings and that's going to be what you rely upon to get there. So, I, I mean, if I, if I were going to tell you on this one, probably put a half a unit on it, but uh, no, no problem with your bet there. And I'm going to move on to another bet from this game. That's my first pick, which is uh, clay just to add to the, him to the fact that the, I think the dubs are going to win uh, game six and, and go to, a player performance double on FanDuel for plus 158 for him to get 25 in the dubs win there. Uh, let's get the trifecta of three games in a row for Clay with 25 plus uh, after having a pretty poor first three games going 21, 21, and 13 points. Um, and then I'm just going to scroll down here to what I'm going to talk about in player props where I'm looking at Clay game six and, and why I'm going to talk about him a bit in that player props video as well. Uh, 28 points per game in their last six game sixes. Uh, that's with six and a half made threes in 39 minutes. I get to say those numbers that are distorted by a 41 point performance against the thunder not that long well a while ago now like seven years ago that where he hit 11 threes um so you know but there's other games in there with six seven uh and nine made three pointers in that span he had one dud where he scored nine points and had three threes uh in the finals there against um uh, the Cavs, which they needed him at, anyway um so even with that in mind he still gets comfortably over over the uh the total that at 25 right there where you can get his props i think still at about 22 half is the best uh bargain you're going to get probably up to about 23 and a half by the time people see this video as, as we record early to get ahead of these early lines. But, um, you know, I, I still believe in, in clay a lot at this point. I think he found his rhythm, uh, in, in game five there and, and was really on a pace to continue to get close to 30 ex- except for he had so many fouls. He had three in the first half and had to come out. He was, he had like three, he had, I think seven points in a row, uh, excuse me, eight points in a row for the dubs at one point in at the end of the second quarter. And then had to come out when he got his third foul about three minutes left. That was a big bummer. Same thing happened at the end of the fourth 
quarter where he had five fouls with eight and a half minutes left. They were up 10. He came out after hitting a bunch of shots, blah, blah, blah. Point is, is there was the points on the table. If he just doesn't try to be a shot blocker at the rim and foul people for, for no reason, uh, when that should not be his role, he's too important to the offense. So I think that'll be a conversation they have. And, you know, they're nine and two in game sixes are the dubs and all those times I was talking about here. Um, you can go back about another 10 years total. And that's where they are. The two losses they had in game sixes were both in the finals once against Toronto when they didn't have anybody because clay and KD and everybody was falling like flies. And then uh, in game seven against the, uh, they, they lost a game six to the Cavs when they uh, let them come back from down three, one, uh, et cetera. They did not have Draymond in that game after he kicked LeBron in the nuts and was suspended for game six. So I, I feel good about them being able to do this. Fox's broken hand. The points would feel better about the under. I'm not really touching that as much in this game, but I would agree with you. In those game sixes, they're they're looking at 109 points themselves, and you made the point they only give up 103, playing at a slow pace. Things are going to slow down. It's like the end of a first-round series like this is still sort of equivalent of like a conference finals, and it really has been uh, for the entirety of the series. So I think it's it's time for it to continue to slow down just a tick. Yeah, Clay was really starting to get hot, like you mentioned, and then he got in foul trouble. I, I think he was on pace easily for like five or six threes, which is where I think you might get better juice if you do yeah, the player I, performance double, if you go like six threes. If you're truly calling a game six Clay, he's probably hitting six threes, right. and, and the dubs are probably winning. And yeah, the the Kings are just overplaying Steph, and that obviously opens things up for Clay. We talk all the time about how he's better with Steph out there and when Steph is cooking. And that's certainly the case right now. So the other game that goes on at the same time, we are, we are definitely targeting under, we are on the same page there. I'm going under two nineteen and a half, where the total's at right now and AD to get 14 rebounds, which is a nice plus two forty If you put the two together, mm-hmm. I mean, AD is owning the paint right now. The Lakers, I mean, LeBron is also getting a ton of rebounds in this series because it's just been really ugly and scrappy. Uh, and Memphis will try to push the pace, it seems like. It's going to be a real push and pull here, and the Lakers got to slow it down, right? That veteran team, only one day rest. For some reason, they were out there deep into the fourth quarter after losing the game by the third, and now they're on a little bit shorter rest. They're going to want to play slower, uh, but, I mean, either way, AD's going to have to man the paint. And he has been able to because the Grizzlies are shorthanded down there. He's averaging nearly 16 boards and 25 points, playing 39 minutes per game the last three in the series. In the regular season against Memphis, he averaged 29 points, 20 and a half rebounds. So he understands what it takes to beat this team here. Lakers going under, I mean, last five home playoff games with an actual crowd, you know, since the bubble. Their games are averaging 210 at, at, at a 95 pace. They were 3-1 and one to the under with the one over going to 213. And then they got an over there because it was 208 with the Grizz there. And then it went to overtime, which did an additional 20 points. Yeah. Um, you know, in game five, there were 106 available rebounds. That's what I'm talking about with a fast pace, not a lot of made shots. So that's why AD grabbed 19 boards or whatever he did. I mean, he's having a career-high year on the glass, 28% defensive rebounding rate, 20% total rebounding rate. He's almost at that same number in these playoffs. Um, so I'm I'm looking for ways to parlay that. I don't necessarily trust the Lakers to win this game. I mean, that mm. could be a nice three-leg here, and it gets you like plus 380 if you say under and Lakers win. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you want to put half a unit on each, on either the under and AD to do this, 
or the Lakers to win in AD to do this because I mm. I think it's he's just so crucial to them having success right now. As we know, if he comes with ferocity on both ends, they're probably going to be able to pull it out. Yeah, that's a great call uh, because I would feel I feel equally as comfortable. Let, let me I, I feel a slight bit better about the under two nineteen and a half combined with the rebounds. Uh, I think it makes sense. There's a little bit more correlation there. But not that much more. There's still a heavy correlation between him getting a bunch of boards and them winning this game because I, I do agree that um, their offense is going to slow down a bit. I'll talk about the Lakers offense slowing down via a, a, LeBron James, a LeBron James under in the props video that I'll talk about uh, in that one. But like all of that stuff is correlated to the same kind of game theory that we're both talking about here, which is less continuing to have a slower pace than is expected when you think of John ja Morant versus Lebr a LeBron James led Lakers team right now. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know that that's that's why targeting the under feels right ad rebounds for sure like i, I don't i don't want to be scared i mean his prop is at 13 and a half and it probably should be he's gone over twice and under twice but i, I think it's kind of like we've been saying like there's going to be more rebounds available now and, and he might be a sort of slightly older uh injured more injury prone head than you know than the other youngsters on this team but like make no mistake we saw Wenyan gabriel in the second quarter uh last night and and that was not pretty so like I don't think they have much to go to outside of AD and they're going to play him accordingly like I think you'll continue to see Darvin Ham play him in a smart way uh, as well intelligently and, and force them to bring Xavier Tillman out onto the floor whenever they want him to be on the floor by just having AD out there and you know as we always so, point out AD would do anything to avoid getting on a plane back to Memphis so he's got to he's got to bring it for his own health and his own motivation it's a great call. And I'm actually going to use your thought process there uh, as a segue to my pick in terms of the travel stuff, because my last pick here is Memphis and uh, Los Angeles to go under the 219 and a half. And I like it so much. I'm just going to give it a, a unit and a half right now, which is, like I said, probably why I prefer it a bit to the the AD to, to the AD com combination with the the the, uh, the victory for the Lakers. I would prefer the under with that parlay. But just looking at my confidence in this one, um, I, I'm looking at all like really the way the way that this is slowed down. Like, like tired legs, right? Like obviously even Memphis, they're younger for sure than the Lakers, especially their best players. But at the same time, like traveling like this uh, and continuing to have games every other day with a day of travel in between, that takes its toll on, on anybody, um, especially at the end of a long regular season. So what that's done has limited, it's really been to limit the amount of fast break points that you're getting in this game uh, and in this series. In the first couple uh, games in, uh, of this series, a bunch of fast break points. I mean, they're still getting more than most of these playoffs teams in terms of the amount of play uh, fast break points that both these teams are scoring but at the same time like it's gone down relative to how many they were scoring um, and they're still somewhat effective in the fast break but they're just not getting out into it as much and their half court offense is awful I mean they've got a 107 offensive rating for the Lakers uh, in this game and then the, in Memphis it's 108 offensive rating you look at the half court offenses you can nip that down by about five points per 100 possessions for each of them down to closer to about a hundred uh, even for both of them in the half court really really bad stuff because of a number of reasons they, they slowing down it's not how these teams play they want to get into the paint they both want to just bash each other in the paint and even without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark uh, Xavier Tillman's proven he's no slouch I mean he's definitely come down to earth a bit and AD has sort of realized who he's playing against and gone why am I not dominating Xavier Tillman and then started to do it in the last three games, as you briefly mentioned, owning the paint. So with that in mind, that does take away a bit of what Memphis is able to do. At the same time, it beats up AD's ability to be a, a really solid scorer and have the energy to take guys like Tillman out off the dribble because that's where he has a big as big an advantage of anything against Xavier Tillman is 
go out into space and make him guard you from 15 feet out and then slithery get to the rim and get an easy bucket. So, and probably a foul, but he doesn't necessarily have the legs to do that in a game where he's grabbing another 15 plus rebounds in this one, like we think he will, uh, et cetera. So, and then just, you know, talking about LeBron, who I will get into in the player props and why I'm going under for some, some of his stuff, his three point shooting is a solid indication of how tired he is in the last three games. He has made two of his 20 attempts from deep as he continues to just do other things like get 20 rebounds that takes its toll on the tires that he's got there that are getting old. So I do think, you know, even if he is getting the five fast break points per game that he's still getting, which leads his team, like how many times in a row can he barrel into people before he just gets sort of tired? Man, I saw him trip over the foul line a couple times in game five. He was so tired. So I, I do think uh, all of that together combined makes me a, a unit and a half confident in the, uh, the under in that one. Yeah, the home team's got to try to dictate pace. And like I said, the Lakers have got to try to slow this game down. I mean, they're not really scoring without fast break points either, but you don't want to get into that game with Memphis. With Ja Ja being hurt too, like, yeah, he hit some threes in that first game back, but I don't think he's going to hit that consistently. I mean, Memphis's strategy was clear in game five. They wanted to play as fast as possible in the half court too. We're not just talking about the amount of possessions. They were trying to run the Lakers ragged and the Lakers veterans that they are got to know to slow it down and try to grind this one out I mean you look at their their playoff game log back to the bubble of course uh that's how they win games they almost never go to 220 yeah yeah that that is that's they're back to that that old mantra that uh that had them successful in the bubble so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Nate, let's jump right into your first NBA play a prop as we are continuing the theme of going under here in the Lakers and Grizzlies game. Yeah, it's a physical series. Uh, so I'm going under with Jaron Jackson Jr. Under 18 and a half points is minus 125 because he's gone under in four straight games on, on this total here. 
You can get better odds if you add eight rebounds, go under 26 and a half points rebounds. That seems a little risky because this game is probably going to be so low scoring and there's going to be so many rebounding opportunities. But Jackson on the road against Anthony Davis, who is playing out of his mind defensively, it it seems like trouble. I mean, his last four averaging 16 a game on 38% and 27% from deep, which is actually what he shoots on the road in the playoffs in his career, 27% from deep versus 40% at home, you know, usage rate, three percentage points lower averages 13 points versus 18 and a half at home in his playoff career. It doesn't really surprise me to see these splits. They are pretty stark though in 11 games at each location because triple J is, you know, one of those guys you think of when the Memphis grindhouse is going crazy. Like he's hitting threes, he's making plays, he's dunking, and and otherwise, if the offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it's like, where is he? Oh, he's on the bench in foul trouble. I mean, which is a, a big key here as you go up against AD. He has a 13% uh, foul rate on paint touches. He has a 10% turnover rate, averaging 6.8 points per game on paint touches in this series and under a free throw attempt per game on those. So that to me indicates like he's got to be hitting from three to have to have to basically to get 20 points in this one. And He's not, um, you know, he's only shooting 37% on drives, so not even paint touches, but like trying to create his own shot. And Memphis is probably not going to go to him that often if he's if his matchup is AD. I mean, the way Desmond Bain has been lighting it up with like 35 points per game, I got to think that's the Lakers' priority is Bain and Morant. Uh, I mean, or, or trying to shut down one of those guys, but Memphis is going to be, be able to play through the other and not really try to force feed Triple J. Yeah, I can I can see that logic uh, in terms of not necessarily forcing the ball. He's he's not necessarily a focal point of their offense, and and he's become less effective as as AD has become more impactful. So continuing to fade him in this game would would just really continue the the game theory that we've been talking about that we expect AD to continue to get boards, dominate, etc. I, I can understand why you'd want to go under the points and rebounds. Like you said, if there are a decent amount of misses in this game, then maybe that that is a little bit um, you know, something that that you don't want to go under with, but I'm actually not that afraid to tack it on either. Uh, I think the pace of the game will limit the amount of shots that go up anyway, uh, which is is not going to be close to the 102 and a half they played during the regular season, but rather close back at the 97 or even lower that they've been playing at uh, the Lakers in this series, especially. So continuing on with that theory there, let me go under on a LeBron prop here uh, and the, com- the curmudgeonly episode of the props here. Uh, 26 and a half points for him. If you go under that, it's minus 105 on DraftKings. Uh, one unit there. Both talked about this game going under for a number of reasons. The pace that we just mentioned. Um, he's only hit this prop once. And it's it's we you started calling out LeBron under on points when it was up to like 30 uh the other day, and it was just too high. Uh, it was like 29 and a half, and it was it was too high. He hasn't hit 30, but I think you said something like once uh in, in his last like the last time he did it was in the finals of the bubble where in, in the playoffs when when he hit 30 points. So that's a long time ago. It's 2023 now. Um, and only once in this series has he gone over this prop of 27 points when he hit 28 the other day, um, and then expended a ton of energy going for 20 boards in their win in game four. Um, and then in game five, obviously we saw him uh, struggle a ton with his stamina and everything else, tired legs. All, I talked about his his really bad percentage from three in the best bets video. And I'll mention it again in his last three games as he's gotten more and more tired and this pace of this whole series has slowed down more and more. 10% from three on six and a half attempts per game. That's because he's made two of 22 attempts over his last three from deep. 
Um, I was trying to tell them to just stay in Los Angeles. I don't know why he need, felt the need to travel. Like, not only do you have to travel there, you got to travel back to Los Angeles. And Memphis ain't the West. I, I'm still wondering why they're in the Western Conference because Memphis is in Tennessee. Yeah, that's very East. Uh, so it's very far from Los Angeles. Not a fun flight. Uh, I expect him to be, not really have the legs to continue that in, into this game. 98 pace for the series, but 97, even slower in the two games at LA, which probably could be seen at about 96 at this point uh, with all the games that they played in the last four days. Um, I, I also just, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'll just bring it up again. There's an increase of weapons around him, not only just in terms of be, people being able to score, but Dennis Schroeder, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves can all get their own buckets without the need for someone to set them up like normal, like LeBron James teammates of old. These are guys that can also do it uh, without necessarily needing the flow of the offense to like help them get open. So uh, it, continue to like AD. If he's going to get 14 boards, I got to expect another four to six of them are going to be on the offense end he had eight second or seven second chance points last game alone he had 22 points in the paint alone and they're going to continue to run through him which not only gives him opportunities to score and lessens lebron's but it also means this game's going a bit slower if you're throwing it down low to the big man instead of jacking up threes and keeping the pace high so all that stuff leads to lebron just once again not getting 27 points which once again he's only done once in this series yeah no problem with that at all i mean it his rebounding props are really high and and yeah. that's just indicates that the books agree with this is that there's going to be a lot of missed shots and a lot of rebounding opportunities. So uh, if you want to look at parlays involving the rebounds for LeBron and AD, because they're going to have to be tough down there, that's great. But I would not trust either of them to go over their prop scoring. I mean, maybe AD, but I just can't trust how healthy he'll be, which is why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always a concern, but Let's look at some Warriors. Um, you know, I think it's going to be Draymond's game six to a degree. I mean, he's going to have his fingerprints on it. I'm not saying he's going to control the game, but I think he get 14 rebounds and assists, which is actually down one from where it was earlier in the in the series or in yeah. the first game back from suspension. And in these two since suspension, he's been doing his typical thing, seven rebounds, seven assists. Um, he also has three steals in those two scoring a ton more as he comes off the bench here 16 and a half points per game i'm not going to chase that though I'm not going to fall into that <laughs> trap i don't think he's going to impact this game by scoring unless it just so happens to fall that way i think he's going to do what he does are, Nate, are you trying to average. say that, that you're you're trying to say you don't think draymond green's going to hit another like three three pointers and bucket them like that <laughs> absolutely not i don't think he's even going to take them I think he's going to impact this game with, with rebounding and assists. Like he averages his last eight against Sacramento, eight boards, seven and a half assists. Like he averages at home, like I said, 77 home playoff games for this guy. 9.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists. So getting you, getting you over that pretty consistently. I will say maybe a quarter unit on two steals again because his he did come out with renewed defensive effort after the suspension and he's playing against the second unit at times now more opportunities to get some steals and that's plus 175 at DK for for two steals but I mean really what I like here is just a solid bet uh, of 14 rebounds and assists uh, in a closeout game at home. If you like it like that and and you know if you think you can get seven of each I think three plus 300 for him to get a double double quarter unit yeah. 0.2 units just a, just a little tad bit on him to get a double double now you have the i mean the, the nine and a half points for him is plus 100 like you said not really trying to chase it but give me three categories that he could get you know double digit stats in and, and for an opportunity for to win plus 300 just needs to get two of them 
it could be any three of them, to be honest. I mean, I think the point's not necessarily a lock, but if he's sort of taking, he, he has been taking the shots within the flow of the offense, which you kind of have to do in, in Steve Kerr's offense, which is all about the ball being full of energy and you have to pass it to find the best guy. It's super uh, woo woo. But like at any rate, it's, it's the point is if you don't shoot within the flow of the offense, you're actually a detriment to the offense. And if he's going to pull it, it's another opportunity for him to get points. And like I said, just a little bit, because I do agree uh, that he's going to be impacting this game in some way. So whatever stat you think that's going to be rebounds and assists, obviously the, the most likely still an opportunity for him to get 10 uh, either points, rebounds or assists. So, uh, all right, game six, Clay, time to close things out with talking about my guy here, uh, which is just, I said it before we were talking yesterday and I was like, I'm just going game six, Clay, man. I'm going to blindly talk about it here. And it still adds up. Like it, it's something, it's not like it's blindly. It's, it's also at this point, I have the benefit of having watched game five uh, and knowing that Clay had a really solid game shooting and looks like himself shooting the ball right now with the confidence that he has. So uh, I'm going to talk about him specifically in one of two ways. I, I do like him to get the points. I think it's a pretty good bet for him to get 24 uh, points in this game or, or 23, depending on where you find it and how you want that juice. Uh, but, I, but I also like the idea of him getting six made threes, putting a little bit on that. Uh, and, and really right now it's only plus 160 for him to just hit six threes. Uh, it's plus uh, one, excuse me, it's plus 250 for him to hit six, 275 for him to hit six threes and them to win the game as a player performance double on FanDuel. I know I tripped through that, but in the end result here is, Take him to, to hit the six threes in the win or and or take the points because I think he gets that no matter what. He, he was taking what the defense gave him a bit more in game five and sort of stepping in and hitting a few more twos, which is what I was asking for him to do. If you'll remember a few nights ago when we were talking about Clay and I said he's forcing it. That's why I was getting ahead of a, of a, of a game uh, where game four Clay where he hit, a, you know, he did get over his points finally. And that's what I expect him to do in this one. Once again, in game six for Clay, since they started winning championships, 28 points per game in six games. Games, six and a half made threes in 39 minutes per game. Uh, that's because he's got a bunch of three point games where he's he's hit six of them, seven of them, nine of them, 11 of them uh, and, and playing well. The only two games he didn't really play uh, one. He didn't play at all against Toronto after he got hurt in game six uh, and had to leave. So, yeah, I mean, for, for Clay in this one, uh, I'm, I'm continuing to feel good about the, the streak that he's been on since game four when he scored 26 points. He had four threes. He played really bad in the second half. I think he had like 18 points in the first half and, and went really cold in the second half and made some really dumb turnovers that he's been doing actually all, all series here. Uh, and then in, in game five, he continued that and he probably would have had closer to 30 points, probably would have had at least six or seven threes as opposed to the five that he did make. But he only played 32 minutes because of the foul trouble uh, that we talked about in that best bets video where he found his stroke. And then as he started hitting, he got three personal fouls in the first half. He had five with just four minutes into the fourth quarter, had to sit a bunch. And, and that really took away from his ability to keep his usage rate or at least his minutes up enough with a high usage rate to get over those points uh, he still got over like I said in the time he was out there so I think he's locked in uh, and this is his moment to sort of be the step on the throat guy yeah the points are low I mean that's definitely the safest bet because he is scoring inside and out to a degree and we've been really yeah. targeting yeah clay at home for a while he's been between 21 and 23 points since like the midpoint of the season we're like I don't know if the books are really recognizing that clay is is the clay of old and he's benefiting from the fact that Steph is e an even better playmaker at this point in their careers. Um, and, and now, yeah, I, I see this more as a clay game than a Steph game. I don't know if he's going to outscore him, but it is like plus 300 for clay to be the leading scorer in the game. If you do think he's going to totally blow up, maybe that's a way to get some juice uh, 
along with the, the double, like you said. I mean, I think the Warriors are winning this game. So six threes and a win at nearly plus 300 is also intriguing. Totally. Yeah, I'm here for any way that you guys want to start having some fun with Game 6 Clay and, and talking about some SGPs and throwing his stuff in there with the dubs to win, like, have fun with it. Uh, you know, be safe. I'm not I'm not saying start throwing whole units on things, but like I know I'll be like finding a couple fun ways to get this this juice up for Clay to have a big game. Uh and and also just really the main portion of my my, you know, bet my pay my bankroll on this on this game that I'm allotting is going to be uh, on the points because I just want to make sure I get that in there and then find a couple ways to just get ahead of that and, and really uh, get extra fun when Clay starts going off in this game if, if they even get close to allowing but at any rate that's all the time that we have for you for this player props video make sure to like and subscribe to that page also check out the best bets we have overall for these two games on Friday night we're going to continue following along as well with these NBA playoffs so until we see you next happy betting Stop.